since we're talking this baseball jargon, you know I'm a huge baseball guy, okay? I learned everything I know about baseball from this man right here on line one. We're joined now here at BetMGM tonight by Matt Wyrick of NBC Sports Washington. And he comes in at the right time because Juan Soto literally just went yard. 3-0 Nats. And Ryan, you did you have the Nats tonight? I got the Nats. There you go. 3-0 is your score. Matt Wyrick, Wyrick joins the show. Juan Soto homered again? Yeah, oh, he, that was the booster. Here we go. Here we go. I told you guys, that's a five-star play. Matt, thanks for joining the show, brother. He did it again. Yeah, thanks for having me on, fellas. I think you're a good luck charm, man. Let's go. Every time your name comes up, every time you're around, matches goes yard. I mean, Juan goes yard, and <laughs> it happens. It's a beautiful thing. My man, first and foremost, thank you for joining the show. Um, NBC Sports Washington coverage also covers the Washington Nationals for that team. I got a question for you, first and foremost. Can you talk to us about the shooting that went on at Nats Park? I was there with you, um, but of course you're way more tapped into that organization than I am. Can you kind of take us through your thoughts going throughout the process when the shooting went down and also, you know, the uh, ramifications in the aftermath of said incident? Yeah, man. Well, yeah, we were, we were sitting out over in the right field seat. So on the opposite side of where, uh, the shots were heard. The, the incident occurred right outside the third base gate. So I actually didn't hear uh, the shots. I'm not sure if you did. Uh, but when I first realized what was going on was when I saw it out in the center field concourse, people were just sprinting to the exits. And, you know, I've never seen anything like that before. So I knew something was up and started furiously scrolling through Twitter, figured out that, you know, there were reports of shots fired. Uh, we all kind of ducked down, and, and for the first five minutes there, you know, there was no announcement or anything like that. It was all just kind of confusion and, and fear. So uh, we were all, I think, had our cages a little bit rattled there. But uh, once, once they got that message up on the board saying, hey, it's, it's the safest thing is to stay inside the park, we moved up to the concourse and uh, hung out there until they said it was safe to leave. And the whole process only took about 15 minutes, but, man, it felt like years coming off my life. Do you think you'll see any changes around the ballpark? I mean, I was just walking around on Friday night eating pizza just by myself, but do you think that there's anything they could do? Maybe, I don't even know, an extra added layer of protection or anything around the ballpark, or do you think that's even needed? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, it was outside and, you know, technically the jurisdiction of police. Right. So while right next to the park and, and definitely unfortunate location when there are thousands of people right behind where it was going on, uh, you know, the Nationals, they had an increased police presence at the game on Saturday, uh, but I don't necessarily expect that to be a thing moving forward. You know, I do think that, you know, it's more than safe to, to be in the ballpark these days with all the precautions that they take. So, uh, I, you know, the Nationals, they, they followed protocol. They, they had a playbook for this happening, and uh, everything went to a T. So you got to be happy about that. Matt, um, my Nats, our Nats right now, Josh Bell goes yard. Once again, oh 4-0 Let's go. is the score here. Um, have been through a rough stretch, okay? At one point when Schwarber was healthy, that team is really kind of making a run to the top of the division. Lately, they've been going through uh, not-so-good events. Can you talk about what's going on with the team and uh, what do you expect them to do here at the trade deadline? Yeah, you know, this, this upcoming stretch they have right here is going to be really tough, including today's game. They've got 10 straight games against very beatable competition. they got three against the Marlins here. They'll have three against the Orioles and then four against the Phillies. If they can go 6-4, and 7-3 and three over that stretch, get a little bit close to the Mets and the NLE, show some signs of life after a really tough stretch in which they went 2-10 uh, before their win yesterday against the Padres, 
you know, if they can show some signs of life, I think they absolutely will be buyers. General manager Mike Rizzo has never wanted to be a seller in the past. He has not wanted to tow and throw in the towel, as we saw in 2019 when they started out 19 and 31. So I fully expect the Nationals to be buyers if they can play well over this stretch right here. And also, speaking of the Nats, just getting healthy again. Uh, back when Schwarber was going yard every single day, a lot of us put in some future tickets on them to get back to the World Series and win the thing. Um, I heard Strasburg. Feeling good today? He uh, he had some bullpen sessions going on. Can you take us behind the curtain on that? Yeah, Strasburg had a bullpen session uh, today. He did have some neck discomfort last week, and that was con- considered a bit concerning, uh, but they are not treating it as a setback. He was able to go onto the mound uh, pain-free, which is certainly what the Nationals needed to hear. He's made just five starts this year, and it's such an integral part of their rotation, especially with the back end kind of struggling the last few weeks. They need him back, and they need him healthy for the stretch run because – you know, as we saw in 2019, he can be such a dominant force when he's at his best. Matt, when I look at the NL East uh, the other day, I uh, hated to do it because would love to play the Nationals right now to win the division over at BetMGM. They're plus 750. But I jumped on the Phillies, plus 450. I just, I'm just i not buying into the Mets. I just don't think they give their pitchers enough run support. And they only have a two-game division lead. And if you look at the Phillies, they're 7-3 and three in their last 10. They've been playing really good baseball. Mets are 5-5 five and five in their last 10. Nationals 3-7. and seven. If you're a betting man. Who do you think wins the NL East? Are you all about the Mets with the two-game division lead and that pitching staff? Or would you? do you think maybe the Braves have a shot, even without Acuna Jr. the rest of the year? Or the Nationals or the Phillies? Any, uh, any other team you could make the case for besides the Mets? Yeah, I, I came into the year picking the Mets, although I've come into the last three years picking the Mets to win the division. So yeah, I'm really stuck by my guns, uh, you know, thinking that they would do it. And that they have it and they have it year after year. Uh, I wouldn't be... Super surprised if they collapse, given their recent history, but I think they're still my pick right now. The Braves are, are tough, like you mentioned. They don't have Acuna. Uh, Marcelo Zunia, Ozuna is likely out for the rest of the year as well, so they're really down to big names as well as Mike Soroka, uh, who had a chance to return uh, from a torn Achilles but had some setbacks and will not be pitching at all this year. So the Braves have been ravaged by injuries. The Phillies, they're a team that fade in the second half a lot. You know, We've seen them in first place in the division at, at the deadline before at the 81-game mark. Uh, only for them to really crumble in August and September. So this is going to be a pivotal stretch for them coming up as well. You know, that series I mentioned with the Nationals, they play four games in Philadelphia right before the trade deadline. If the Nationals were to go in there and take three or four or sweep, you know, that could really pull some air out of that balloon. So, you know, it's really tough to pick it. It's such a a muddled division right now. Uh, But the Mets have been playing the best, and they've been hurt. Uh, So I think with them at full health, uh, they probably have the best shot to hold on. But Jacob deGrom just put on the injured list, so who knows? I'm glad that you brought up Jake DeGrom because he just put on the IL. He's the overwhelming favorite to win the Cy Young. There's been a lot of talk maybe about him winning the MVP. You know, how do you think this is going to affect that? And if he does come back, would you make the case for Jake DeGrom to be NL MVP or because you only see him once every five days, you'd rather see somebody like Tatis Jr. win it? You know, I think that if we were to call it right now, uh, who would win MVP, I would pick DeGrom. You know, yes, he only plays every five days, but I think that if you have pitchers be able to win this award, then you got to look at it in a historical context, and what Jacob deGrom is doing is historical. If we're not going to give him an MVP for him having a sub-two ERA, record whip, you know, not giving up home runs at all, if we're not going to give him MVP, then we're never going to give a pitcher MVP. So this, I think, is the year. You know, Tatis has had a great season, but he did miss some time early on as well, mm-hmm. so I think that hurts him a little bit. 
Uh, he's made up for it, certainly. But I, I think right now, if you have to call it, it's DeGrom. But if we do see him miss some time, you know, miss a month or, or however long, and we see Tatis continue on this stretch that he's been on, I think you have to give it to him at that point. But if we could see DeGrom make, you know, 28-plus starts this year, he's my pick. We're joined now by MLB insider Matt Wyrick of NBC Sports Washington. Matt, what are you uh, what are you expecting here at the trade deadline? Who do you think is going to be the hungriest? And also, I got to do it. The Cubs are in the middle of a fire sale right now. Are we going to see a guy with the last name Bryant show up in DC anytime soon? Yeah, because all the all the all of his possible destinations are in the same division. We've heard the Nationals, we've heard the Mets, and we heard the Phillies. Who do you think has the most realistic shot at him? You know, I think that. The Nationals are going to have a tough time trading for Bryant if the bidding gets high. Uh, you know, but if this is a point where you can kind of get him for a bargain price, the Nationals, they definitely make a lot of sense. They could use him in left field right now. They don't have Kyle Schwarber right now. When he comes back, you can move him over to third base. Uh, you know, with Starlin Castro being out for an indefinite period. He makes a lot of sense. But the Nationals farm system, one of the worst in baseball right now, and they consider their top two pitching prospects, Cade Cavalli and Jackson Rutledge, both to be untouchable. That makes it pretty unlikely uh, that they're able to afford Bryant at this point. So I do expect him to get traded. Uh, somebody in that quartet uh, of Rizzo, Bryant, Contreras, and Baez is definitely out of there, at least one, maybe two. Uh, you know, I think Rizzo is the guy that they're going to end up extending mm-hmm. simply because he's been there the longest and somebody, you know, who's really attached to that fan base and still is producing despite being a little bit over 30 now. Uh, he makes a lot of sense for them long term. But, you know, overall, the, the Cubs are definitely a team I see moving. Uh, everybody in the NL East seems like they're going to buy right now outside the Marlins. So, you know, anything could change in the next 10 days. We'll see. Uh, but overall, yeah, the, the Cubs definitely look like they're going to be controlling the market uh, with how many players they have to offer. I didn't even mention Craig Kimbrell, yeah. who might be one of the best relievers available. Yeah, Matt, I'm a, I'm a Cub fan, so this is really painful for me. And my favorite player is Chris Bryant. I just I don't know why you wouldn't extend Chris Bryant, let Javi walk. I love Anthony Rizzo, but I'd probably let him walk if it meant bringing Chris Bryant back. But the problem with Chris Bryant is not only his agent, but his dad. Very controlling, I feel. Um, so you said, like, we got 10 more days. Like, anything can happen. One thing I don't think is going to happen, but there's been the rumors. Any chance Max Scherzer does get does get moved, especially if they go on a slump here, which it doesn't look like that's going to be the case because, like you said, I mean, you got the Marlins for a series here. You're already up 4 nothing in the second inning. Any chance Scherzer actually gets moved? I think the Nationals would really have to struggle over this next stretch for them to consider a Scherzer trade. Scott Boris did come out earlier this season saying there needs to be some kind of incentive for him to waive his no-trade clause because he is – he does have 10-5 rights, which means he's been in the league 10 years, five with one team, meaning he has the full rights to refuse any trade to any team. Uh, so it's all up to Scherzer, really. I think the Nationals do want to extend him this offseason. He's in the final year of his contract. So if they were to believe that Scherzer wouldn't come back if they were to trade him, I think they would hold on to him no matter what. Uh, but even if Scherzer is willing to go back to the Nationals, for them to, to, to trade Scherzer, I think they would really have to struggle over this next stretch because that would be a clear signal that they don't plan to contend this year, and that's just not something we've seen from the Nationals very often. Matt, have you heard anything about this Trevor Bauer situation? I know we're going around the horn here, but what's the latest on this the Trevor Bauer assault news? You know, I, I, the latest is there really is no update. You know, we're still waiting uh, for MLB to conclude its investigation as well uh, as you know, the Dodgers to figure out if they're going to keep him. You know, this is a, a, an interesting point for them uh, where they have to decide whether or not they really want to stick through this entire investigation and hold on to Bauer, of course, the highest paid player uh, in Major League history by single season salary. Uh, you know, a, definitely a, an important investment for them, guy coming off of the NL Cy Young. Uh, but, of course, this is a, 
uh, not a situation that the Dodgers envisioned themselves being in when they signed him. Uh, so it's really going to be interesting to see what they do moving forward. But they're kind of at the mercy of Major League Baseball in this investigation because right now the Dodgers have no control whether or not he's active. Matt, thank you so much, brother, for joining the show. And real quick before you get out of here, what's your World Series prediction, man? Oh, that's a that's a tough one, man. I'm I'm buying into the Giants uh, and what they've been doing. You know, the, the Nationals just played a series against them before the All Star break. Uh, I thought they played really well. Their pitching is so good, and their hitters are just really having a, a twilight season. Guys like Buster Posey, Brandon Crawford. So I think I think they're going to come out of the National League despite playing in the toughest division in baseball. Uh, and I'm going to pick them to play against the White Sox uh, and lose. So I'm going to say the White Sox win it. Um, in in I'll go in six. White Sox over Giants in six to win the World Series. My guy, Matt Wired, NBC Sports Washington. He knows it all. He taught me baseball, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining the show. We got to have you back soon, brother. Appreciate you coming on. Hey, I appreciate you having me, Q. Both of you. Thank you all so much.